Good evening and welcome to Milkshake Monday, episode 115. I wanted to start off first by telling you that Reverend Helm is home. He is recovering. I thank you for what prayers you have lifted up to God's altar and also for the continued prayers that you provide to not only him, but our entire family. And I just wanted to say thank you for that. Tonight, as we talk about Jesus's wake up letters, I want to preface it. Uh, by some teaching of the Word of God to hear what the truth of God's Word says in some areas and specifically in this time that we're growing uh, as we're growing in the midst of the pandemic there are some areas of forgiveness and patience and compassion and discipline and God's admonition that we do our very best in the ministry of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm going to read to you, and that's why I have some glasses on tonight, because I want to read out of the Living Translation some information for you so that you can hear from God's Word exactly what He's saying. And I'm doing that to kind of lay the groundwork for what we're going to talk about in these letters. And let me explain something. I can't possibly go through all the letters that Jesus is telling us for some areas that He wants us to be aware of. But I think that if you take the time This is going to be helpful to many of us around the globe. So let's go to Galatians chapter 6. And I'm going to read verses 1 through 9. And I want you to hear what I'm talking about when it comes to patience and your compassion to one another. Because guess what, saints? There is some forgiveness that all of us have to recognize. And And it comes in the pandemic even more because we're shut in. But as Reverend Helm says, we're not shut out. And there's opportunities for us to meet and be a blessing to people and encouraging to people. But there's some things that we have to be watchful for and open our eyes and wake up to some some realities that what may be hitting us right now. So let's listen to what Galatians 6 verses 1 through 9 say. Dear brothers, if a Christian is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help him back onto the right path remembering that the next time it might be one of you who is in the wrong, share each other's troubles and problems and so obey our Lord's command. If any one thinks he is too great to stoop to this, he is fooling himself. He is really a nobody. Let everyone be sure that he is doing his very best for then he will have the personal satisfaction of work well done and won't need to compare himself with somebody else. Each of us must bear some faults and burdens of his own, for none of us is perfect. Those who are taught the word of God should help their teachers by paying them. Don't be misled. Remember that you can't ignore God and get away with it. A man will always reap just the kind of crop he sows. If he sows to please his own wrong desires, he will be planting seeds of evil, and he will surely reap a harvest of spiritual decay and death. But if he plants the good things of the Spirit, he will reap the everlasting life that the Holy Spirit gives him. And let us not get tired of doing what is right, For after a while, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't get discouraged and give up. That's the first encouragement because 
as I'm setting the stage of these letters that Christ is going to have to us who are the body of Christ, we are the church and the leadership of the church, we have to understand some things are happening in the pandemic and they're going to happen during and after. And we have to keep focused and none of us are perfect, but we're to do our very best and we're to be that compassionate, forgiving, encouraging, supportive, helpful Christian even in the midst of people who have gone through some troubles and some trials. But that's what I want to take you to the next passage. Got to lay the foundation because I can't possibly teach you all of the letters that are going to be to the churches in Revelation, but I can encourage you to start reading them for yourself because there's a special blessing in them. I want you to go over to James chapter one. I'm going to verse, we're going to read verses one through eight. Now I'm going to slow it down because I love James one. And it's helped us, the Helm family, through Rev's stroke in 2010. And I can tell you, we were going through some of those same teachings and trainings of what happened in the stroke time as we were doing when we came out of the hospital. Because Rev had not been out of the bed for almost a week, six days. And if you know anything about people getting out of the hospital after being in the bed, it takes a while for them to kind of recover, get their mobility back, their leg strength and all stuff. And that's understand that Rev had already had a weakened body because of the stroke. So praise be to God that he's okay enough to try to do some walking and moving around, but he's still suffering, saints. So we need your prayers. So in James chapter one, I want y'all to see something because again, this, this discussion of patience is coming up. But for us who are suffering, whether it's with illness or diseases or situations where we have want or lack, or frustrated, or lonely, or depressed, or all the things that could be coming against you, I want you to listen carefully to what the Lord is telling us in the truth of his word. James 1 starts, from James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to Jewish Christians scattered everywhere, greetings. Dear brothers, is your life full of difficulties and temptations? Then be happy, for when the way is rough, your patience has a chance to grow. So let it grow, and don't try to squirm out of your problems. For when your patience is finally in full bloom, then you will be ready to, for anything, strong in character, full and complete. If you want to know what God wants you to do, ask him. And he will gladly tell you, for he's always ready to give a bountiful supply of wisdom to all who ask him. He will not resent it. But when you ask him, be sure that you really expect him to tell you. For a double-minded man will be unsettled as a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. And every decision you then make will be uncertain. As you turn first this way and then that, if you don't ask with faith, don't expect the Lord to give you any solid answer. So we're asking tonight in faith that the Lord is going to give us some answers for us to be watchful and to wake up on some things that are going on in our lives. Now, in Revelations chapter one, verses three, there's discussion. And it's discussion of a revelation of Jesus Christ as he talks to his servant, John. Now, if you don't know a lot about the Bible and it's been a while, Christ is going to reveal himself to John 
in a vision to let him see heavenly things and things in prophecy that have not happened yet. So when you see this book, there are things that are being written of and you could take it and think it, oh, it just means nothing. It means profound things of the word of God because God is showing us what something is going to happen in the future that it's ordained to happen. It's going to happen. So I want you to understand that when you read Revelation, don't be afraid of it, but understand that Revelations 1 verse 3 tells you that in the reading and the hearing of it, there is a special blessing. And I'm going to read verse 3. So you'll know, I can't read it all at night, but you take the time and you read Revelations to yourself. Whatever's going on, you shut in. You don't have places you can go, bebop in here, bebop in there. Slow down, open up your Bible to the last book of the Bible and read Revelation. It's not going to be easy. And that's not, God is not trying to make things easy for us. He wants us to spend quality time with him, asking the spirit of God to give us insight and knowledge and opening our understanding. So if you take that time and really ask him, like we said in John, I mean, James, if you ask him in faith, He'll show you the solid answers and the understanding of the mysteries of the kingdom. So in verse three of chapter one of Revelation, if you read this prophecy aloud to the church, you will receive a special blessing from the Lord. I didn't make that up, saints. That's in the word. Those who listen to it being read. So those of who you want to read aloud and those who listen to it being read and do what it says will also be blessed for the time is near when these things will all come true. Now, what I'm going to read to you is select portions of verses from chapter one, two, and three. I want you to pay special attention even tonight. And when you go to read this privately, all of the times that the descriptions of who Jesus Christ says out of his own mouth, who he is to us. Because as we get our wake-up calls, we have to remind ourselves some things about Christ. We know him as the Messiah. We know him as the Son of God. We know him as the great I Am. We understand he's a, a provider. We understand he'll never leave us or forsake us. But as he starts to talk to these churches, which are in kind us, we have to remind ourselves, why is he emphasizing in prophetic times to come these characteristics of his own being as the spiritual leader and head of the church. What is he telling us so that we can be not only wake up call, but be watchful because God taught, tells us to watch and to pray. I want you all to go to verse 12. When John is, is in the midst of this vision, he's seeing some things happen. And then he's giving an understanding of who the lamb of God is. And it's Jesus Christ who was crucified dead but resurrected and in that glorified body he received all power and all authority as you see in Matthew but look what's happening in this vision the revelation of Jesus in verse 12 of chapter 1 this is John speaking when I turned to see who was speaking there behind me were seven candlesticks of gold and standing among them was one who looked like Jesus who called himself the son of man wearing a long robe circled with a gold band around his chest. His hair was white as wool or snow and his eyes penetrated like flames of fire. His feet gleamed like burnished bronze and his voice thundered like the waves against the shore. He held seven stars 
in his right hand and a sharp double-bladed sword in his mouth. And his face shone like the power of the sun in unclouded brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me and said, don't be afraid. Though I'm the first and the last, the living one who died, who is now alive forevermore, who has the keys of heaven and death, don't be afraid. He's describing himself to you and to me and to John. He's telling you characteristics of who he remains to be. It's not past tense, it's now and it's forever. He says, don't be afraid, but he needs us to write some things down. He wants John to write some things down of what he's just seen. And then he goes to verse 20. This is the meaning of the seven stars you saw in my right hand and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the leaders of the seven churches. Now, you'll say, well, I'm not part of the seven churches. Yes, you are. If you're a pastor, if you're a leadership of the church, the body of God, the body of Christ, he's speaking to you. In the churches that he's going to talk to, there's some things going on now that are going on in your church, in your house of prayer, in your house of, of the living God that he wants you to be aware of. And I, I want y'all to pay attention because one of the things that he talks about, that he's going to talk about in a second, is this first love. And he's looking, and there's a passage that he's going to read and say, he's been walking among the churches. And you're like, what do you mean he's been walking among the churches? The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are one. The wave of the Holy Spirit and the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit all understanding what's happening amongst the churches. He's writing to these seven, but they're symbolic of all of us as the body of Christ in these churches that right now have to have their doors shut because there's a plague in the land. But that doesn't shut down a church. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church, which is Christ, and we are the body, his bride. But look what he says here. These, the seven stars are the leaders of the seven churches and the seven candlesticks are the churches themselves. Verse, chapter two, verse one. Write a letter to the leader of the church of Ephesus and tell him this. I write to inform you of a message from him who walks among the churches and holds the leaders in his right hand. Leaders, you're in God's hands to do God's work. Not what the people bid you to do. Not what the itching ears of the people want you to do. Not how they want you to do it, when they want you to do it. You're in the hand of the living God the great I am, the Lamb of God. He says to you, I know how many good things you're doing. I have watched your hard work and your patience. Back to that patience back in James. I know you don't tolerate sin among your members. You shouldn't be, right? Right, preachers? I know you don't tolerate sin among your members. And you have carefully examined the claims of those who say they're apostles, but aren't. You found out how they lie. You have patiently suffered for me without quitting. Again, back to Galatians 6. Don't be weary in well-doing. 
Things aren't easy now. But don't quit. Don't get tired. Don't get weary. Don't quit. Verse 4. Yet there's one thing wrong. You don't love me as at the first. You know what you had going on, that, that revelation, that love relationship, that newness of life, that new birth experience where you were excited to read the word, to serve, to listen to my commands, to follow, to have compassion, to love, to forgive, to understand, to seek me out, to ask the spirit to help you grow and help you have more patience till you can be complete, to ask for the questions, to give it so the spirit could give you the answers. But he says here, you don't love me as at the first. And I need you to wake up because some things are going to get harder now. The enemy, the devil knows things are starting to get closer for him because he is a defeated foe. Not that he's going to be. He is a defeated foe. Read the revelation of Jesus Christ and know that he is a defeated foe. He says, think about those times of your first love. How different now. This is Christ saying there's a difference now. Ministers of God, leaders of the church, people who are the members of the church, the Christians of the church. You used to have a passion. When they assigned you to be the treasurer of the church, when they assigned you to be the choir director of the church, when they assigned you to be the deacon, the trustee, when they assigned you to have your first ministry gift to be edifying the church, when they asked you to have your first sermon, when they asked you to come and get dipped in the water and be immersed in the water, when they asked you to come and, and share the message of God and to sing the praises of God, oh, the love and the passion, the excitement. But now, oh, you want me to do that? No, I don't feel that. I ain't feeling that now. I, I just don't want to do that. You know, in the pandemic, we don't need all that praise. We don't need to study. We don't need to be about God's business. God is saying, think about those times of your first love. How different now? And turn back to me again and work as you did before. Or else I will come and remove your candlestick from its place among the churches. Now, I want y'all to jump down to verse 8. Verse 8 talks again about another characteristic of Jesus Christ. It says, this message is from him who is the first and the last who was dead and then came back to life. I know how much you suffer for the Lord and I know all about your poverty, but you have heavenly riches. I often teach about temporary treasures. There's a lot of people with money in the bank account. Don't mean nothing if you ain't have your relationship with Christ. That you go through this life and you don't know who Christ is. You're miserable, most miserable. You don't have what you need to have for eternal things. I'd rather be heavenly rich than to be earthly rich and be without the Lord. The word of God says, what profit of man to gain the whole world and lose his soul. But he's saying here, I know the slander of those opposing you who say that they are Jews for the children of God, but they aren't for they support the cause of the devil. Stop being afraid. Boy, is that a theme tonight? Stop being afraid. Don't be afraid. Stop being afraid. And some of you are afraid. You're afraid of what's around this corner of the pandemic for your church, for you and your future, for you and your family. You're afraid of death. You're afraid of loss. You're afraid of being alone. Stop being afraid. What can death do to you? 
transition you to go to heaven to be with Christ. What can you lose in one house? God can give you a house. And he said, he showed you. Foxes have holes, birds have nests, but the son of God has no place to lay his head. And he still was a savior. You got to trust God. It says here, we're going to move on. I want y'all to see some things in chapter two, but I can't read it all tonight. I want y'all to see, jump on down to verse 16 of chapter two. I like that he's talking first about giving people some adoration, some encouragement for the churches, which we all need encouragement. We do, we need encouragement. But the reality is that God also tells us to wake up and watch some things. We ain't all perfect. Do y'all remember what I read? We're not perfect. We're not perfect as the house of God. God is perfect. His truth is perfect. His word is perfect. His son is perfect. The Holy Spirit is perfect. The Father is perfect. But we're not perfect. But look what he says about what he wants us to do. Because there's some things going on in the church. But look what he tells them to do. Change your mind and attitude or else. But see, that's what happens. We got funky things going on in our mind. Funky attitudes. And even in the pandemic, how is it that we have people who have funky attitudes? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And if you're not pouring into the word of God in that heart, why you got all this downtime? What you going to do? Watch every Netflix, every Hulu, every HBO, everything on the cable, everything on the title, everything, 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 but listening to the voice of God. So he says, change your mind and your attitude or else I will come to you suddenly and fight against them with the sword of my mouth. The word of God, double-edged sword, the word of God, it cuts. Now, I want y'all to see a couple other passages before I end. Here again, Christ is telling us about a characteristic of who he is. Verse 18 says, write this letter to the leader of the church of Thyatira. This is a message from the son of God, whose eyes penetrate like flames of fire, whose feet are like glowing brass. Those feet are going all throughout the globe. He knows. He don't have to put his feet anywhere. He's, he, he's everywhere. Psalm 139 tells you he's everywhere. And his eyes see everything. And his thoughts are far off from ours because our thoughts are natural. But he's in the supernatural. And he's the son of God and he's telling us some things that we have to be aware of. Now, now, I want y'all to hear, remember how we started off in chapter one of Revelation, how we talked about reading aloud and listening? At the end of chapter two of Revelation, it says, verse 29, let all who can hear, you're hearing me. I see some of y'all. And it says, all of you that can hear, listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. There's an emphasis that he wants you all to read and to understand all of us, not just y'all, all of us need to read and understand what the word of God is teaching. Verse 1 of chapter 3, another edification of the Christ. He says here, to the leader of the church of Sardis, write this letter. This message is sent to you by the one who has the sevenfold spirit of God and the seven stars. I know your reputation. As I live in an active church, as a live and active church, 
but you are dead. I got to tell y'all something. A lot of churches have big buildings. A lot of churches have a lot of members. A lot of churches have a lot of programs. A lot of churches have a lot of vehicles. A lot of churches have a lot of uh, activities, action going on. But look what this church got told. I know your reputation as a live and active church, but you are dead. And we have to be careful and wake up to understand that we can have all these big buildings. We can have all the attendance in the world. We can have all the TV shows and radio stations and all the accolades of the world. And everybody think we're doing well with bestseller this, bestseller that. And God can say you are a dead church because you have not remembered or followed your first love. And there's a change of your mind and attitude. And guess what? It's going to start at the leaders. Because God says, I have the leaders in my right hand. And if you think that you're bigger than God, then you're not only dead, you're on the right, wrong path. And those of us that are in the ministry, we got to be prayerful and start encouraging ministers of the gospel to get back to Jesus. The people will push you to do things for itching ears. Oh, we need a short, shorter service but longer music. Oh, we don't want to read the Bible. We want to read these nice poems. We don't want to read what, what this author says. And we don't want to take time to teach our children. We want to have them do more dancing and playing and all this other stuff. Nothing's wrong with some of these activities, but not at the expense of the gospel being proclaimed. Jesus is saying, wake up. Don't be so active. Don't have such a reputation and have a dead church. It says here, now wake up. That's why it's titled Jesus' Wake Up Letters. He says here, now wake up. Strengthen what little remains of this dead church. What little remains when you only put Christ as an afterthought. The sermon is an afterthought. Have an hour service and, and Christ's word and his, his message of truth is an afterthought. Give him 10 minutes and give the singing and the other stuff. But he says, what little remains, for even what is left is at the point of death. Your deeds are far from right in the sight of God. Go back to what you heard and believed at first, that first love. Hold to it firmly and turn to me again. That's Christ talking to the leaders of the church. The leaders of the church. Don't you dare go back into these houses of worship after this pandemic has shut you down and you let it be about reputation and activities and liveliness of how you look good, how your church is, is front and center. It's about Jesus Christ. It's about him. His sevenfold spirit, his first and last. He's the lamb of God to take away the sins of the earth. Okay? Wake up. Wake up. If we're going to go out of this, this natural plane to the heaven and see Christ, he wants to find that we are doing his work, following his commands, going with the love that he's asked us to have. And my last thing that I want y'all to say, see, I, there's so much in this, these letters that you have to take time 
The thing about Milkshake Monday is to encourage young believers in Christ to read and to study. That the Bible is not boring. The Bible is not irrelevant. The Bible is important for your life. It is for your life and your sustenance and for you to hang on with some strength and not give up and quit. Verse chapter three, verse seven. This message is sent to you by the one who is holy and true and has the key of David to open what no one can shut and to shut what no one can open. And the last scripture I leave you with is in chapter three, verse 19. Your father is just as you all, mom and dad and grandmas and aunties and all this stuff. And y'all better be disciplining these kids because what you finding out inside the house of the pandemic is that these hell raisers, these little ones that are growing up into big ones, they never got disciplined properly. They don't know who God is. And now you see what hell they're raising in the house because you got them inside the doors. And those of you that can't control them, you never follow what Christ said. It was to train them up in the way they should go. And when they're old, they won't depart. And sometimes it's smacking that bottom. And y'all say, no, oh, Oprah taught me this. I got to put him in time out. You better listen to the Lord and not listen to Oprah and Dr. Spock and all this other mess. Verse 19 ends with this. And I end with this. Christ saying this. I continually discipline and punish everyone I love. So I must punish you. Unless you turn from your indifference, indifference. We have a lot of people in the ministry of God that say, I love Jesus, but you're indifferent. You could care less if you read the Bible, if you study the Bible, if you give your first fruits of your income, if you go and pray, if you go share the gospel, if you bear fruit, you're indifferent. You could give a flip because, hey, who cares? Who's going to know? God knows. He says, I continually discipline and punish everyone I love. So I must punish you unless you turn from your indifference and become enthusiastic about the things of God. Wake up. I could go very, uh, you know my favorites. I have so many favorite scriptures in Revelation. But you know that scripture. I got to go to it now that I've thought about it. I got to go to it. I would that you would be cold or hot. But because you're not, I'm going to, Vomit you out of my mouth. Y'all know that revelation. Y'all know that scripture. Y'all should look it up. But the reality is we are choosing to be lukewarm because we can't. And we have ministers of the gospel that are afraid of losing the attendance and the buildings and the cash that they don't want to tell you, stop being indifferent to the things of God. Stop being lukewarm and get hot for the Lord. This is the time to be hot for the Lord because the word of God needs to be proclaimed to everybody. Because guess what, saints? People are dying. 215, but you don't know what that number is going to be. Next week, it'll be 300,000. The week after, it could be 400,000. Guess what? It could be you. It could be me. Get the message out. Speak the word of God. And I, you know... I, I can only tell y'all something that we got work to do. The word of God, I, I, it's been taught, it's been said. The harvest is ripe, but the labors are few. And it's so easy to get on Facebook and listen to somebody teach every now and then. Maybe you feel like looking at your streaming, streaming broadcast of your church. Maybe you don't. Whatever the case is going on, you are accountable to God. And you are not going to be able to go to God and explain to him that you didn't have time to read his word. If you didn't have time to go and share with your neighbor or that friend or that person that came to you and talk to them about Christ. And all you could do is just 
do a selfie here and there. Tell everybody how beautiful, how wonderful your life is. Stop lying to yourself. God knows all the time you got and how you're wasting it. Take time to share the gospel of Jesus Christ to the people that he's sending in your path. Take time to, to take that moment when you wake up and have your breath to breathe in the midst of the pandemic and say, God, what do you want me to do today? Take the time to ask for forgiveness and say, God, I understand I've been doing wrong. I've sinned against you. Forgive me. I know I'm going to get some discipline for what I've been doing, but forgive me and help me to be a witness for your son, Jesus Christ. He's there waiting for you. You, you got to be willing to have faith to hear the answers to some of the things that you, you want to ask him. He's there. He's ready. I love you and Lord willing, I pray to be here next Monday. Keep us in prayer wherever it's going through. I tell you, getting old ain't easy, but at least you're living to, to tell people about the word of God. I love you and God bless. See you next week.